Hey there, movie lovers. Just a quick thing before we start this. As always, my reviews are spoiler-free, but I do make generalizations about the book's plot, and I also refer to a scene out of a different book that was published eight years ago. So if you haven't read that book by now, any spoilers aren't on me. It's your fault. It's usually the case that books are better than movies. Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, The Hobbit, just a few names on the list where the books were better than the movies. So what about the latest book-to-movie adaptation? No, folks, I'm not talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I am talking about Arrival. That's right, dear listeners. Arrival was based off a short story by writer Ted Shang, who wrote Story of Your Life, the short story that inspired the movie Arrival. Going into it, I had thought that it would be better, that making a feature-length film out of a short story would work because it would have less to cut out. Because remember the house elf revolution in Harry Potter? Of course you don't if you only saw the movies. So in this case, in the case of a short story, it should be really accurate and a great representation of the work. Right? Right? Mm, kind of. Let's start with a short review of the short story. And then we'll jump into the meat of the issue, the movie. The short story was like a beautifully written textbook. I kept reading because Shang has a wonderful way with words. The story, on the other hand, was drier than a saltine stuffed with cotton. Blah, blah, blah. Linguistics. Blah, blah, blah. Physics. Blah, blah, blah. Talking to your daughter. Blah. It wasn't a bad story. It just wasn't very interesting. Here's a comparison that's going to get me some hate mail. Have any of you read Patrick Rothfuss? He's a master at the craft. He writes the King Killer Chronicles. If you've read those books, you know that he loves to draw stuff out so much that by the end of a part of a section of the book, not just a chapter, mind you, but but a section, say the one where Kvothe was trying to get away from Felurian, I think that's how you say it, uh, and get away from that fairy creature alive. You're exasperated if you're anything like me because you want him to move the hell on. We get it. Do we need to spend more time at the school fighting Ambrose? No, we don't. Move on with the story. But no, uh, Rothfuss keeps on going, and in his defense, he does a good job with it. It just drags on too long. But with Shang's story, with the story of your life, that was the whole thing. That's what the whole story was like. I was waiting for something to happen anything to happen and it never did it does get an ending it really does but it made me feel cheated the only reason i didn't toss my kindle across the room out of anger when it ended was well i don't want to have to buy another one first off and second it was also so well written and had a unique idea that it was hard to be too upset just because the plot sucked more than michael bay in a vacuum didn't mean that the journey was bad This is a short story, a quick read, so if you can borrow a copy from your local library, give it a shot. But don't buy the short story collection unless Shang's work interests you. The story of your life gets a 6.5 out of 11. So in the intro, I was talking about uh, books that were better than movies. And 
There are a lot of them. It's a huge category. And almost any time some sort of written media is turned into a movie, the original is going to be better. Just because with books, there's going to be more descriptions. There's just going to be more room. Whereas a movie has time constraints and technological constraints too, depending on what we can do with today's technology. But with all that setup I did, didn't you wonder if this was going to be an opposite case? If this movie was going to be better than the book? Well, here's my review for Arrival. Alright, someone in Hollywood read this story and realized there was promise there. They also probably realized that if nothing happens at the end of the movie, people are going to walk out pissed. Having a non-ending would be fine for an indie film, and those patchouli oil-smelling hippies would probably snap their fingers in appreciation. But for the majority of moviegoers, we'd be left either scratching our heads or angry. So instead, the writers decided to add something minor. You know... Something like an interesting plot. The good thing is, everything they added made sense. There wasn't any shocking transition when the new stuff came in, so it was truly seamless. The focus of the movie was still the same. The main plot was still the same, but they just did more. They just embellished it and made it better. Uh, of course, there are more visuals were added to give the moviegoer a better experience. Uh, there wasn't a lot of description in the book, and the whole story felt a little exposition-y to me. So when it was brought over to the big screen, a lot of that had changed. So if you don't get what I'm going for, let me just say that the story for Arrival was vastly improved from the source material and it didn't feel like it was pandering at all like it was trying to drag in an audience that it normally wouldn't have it stayed true enough and everything it brought in that was new was similar enough to the original material that it molded so perfectly just to make a really good movie and it gave that feeling the wonderfully written feeling that the book had it gave that feeling to the movie, but something happened, so it was fantastic. I was really, really impressed that something happened, because I was afraid I was going to sit down for a really boring movie. What's next? Alright, let's talk about the acting. This stars Amy Adams, who to me is what Jennifer Lawrence would be like if Jennifer Lawrence wasn't boring. Because Amy Adams, you can tell, whenever she does any character, it still has that spark of her in it. It still has that same, basically the same delivery, even if when she, even when she's doing a totally different character, there's still a lot of her in it. She doesn't fully change herself like some other actors do, like Josh Brolin or Jared Leto. But she's also not, not the type of actress that plays herself in every movie she does, like like Michelle Rodriguez or Michael Sarah do. So she's able to produce a lot of wonderfully unique characters, but not so different that you couldn't just take one look and go, oh, that's Amy Adams. My favorite role that she's ever done is actually from Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, where she played Amelia Earhart. Not only was that movie great, and it was fun, it was enjoyable, but she was great in it. She did a really good job in Arrival, which is, well, good, because she had to carry the whole movie. True, she had a really good supporting cast with Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker, two fantastic actors, but they really played second fiddle to her, because this was Amy Adams' movie. In the book, Dr. Louise Banks is an air so in the movie, Dr. Louise Banks is the main character. We see everything through her eyes and we experience him as she does. So that allows us to get a hint that when the big surprise is coming, a surprise that they made more obvious in the movie than they did the book. So when you see when that starts coming, it gives the audience a chance to realize it. And it took me a little longer to realize it than I would have liked. But Amy Adams did a good job carrying this role and carrying this movie. Jeremy Renner, who we may all love as Hawkeye, actually does a 
better job in roles like the one he did in Hurt Locker. True, that's not really fair to the styles of movies, because while the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe does produce really good movies, the Hurt Locker just had a better opportunity for a more amazing role. So Jeremy Renner does a good job working with what he has in these movies, because let's face it, Hawkeye is not one of the big characters, no matter how much they tried to make him in Age of Ultron. But in this movie, he just played a dude. Well, he was a scientist, mind you, but he just played a regular guy that if they were attacked for some weird reason, just go with it. Just go with what I'm saying. So if they were suddenly attacked by a group of bad guys, I wouldn't expect him to be able to fight. I just think he would just take it, like take a punch like a chump instead of kicking their butts like a champ, like Hawkeye would do. So even though this role didn't have much for him to play with, he did a good job with it. He was this guy. I believed that he was this physics nerd named Ian who gets a hard-on for string theory. Now let's talk about the ghost dog himself, Forrest Whitaker. Always a fan favorite. Uh, and in this one, he, he was a military guy. What can I say? It, it's, it's a little hard for me to talk about the acting in this just because it was so subtle. Everything was, was really subtle because the characters weren't over the top. These were real people in this movie. So I think that for this, the highest praise I can say is that I believe them. I truly believe that all these people were who they say they were. Forrest Whitaker was a hard-assed colonel. Amy Adams was a language nerd. And Jeremy Redder was a science nerd. There we go. They all played their roles really well. And I think that's also a difficult thing to do because there are plenty of actors out there who if you put them in a role where they're playing a normal human being, it would come off as weird and awkward just because they're not good actors. But these people are. And so they can deliver an honest performance that we, the people, have no trouble believing. So what am I trying to say here? The acting was good. It was good acting. Nothing blew me away, but of course there wasn't anything to blow me away with, per se. All the visuals in this movie were really good. They, they were fantastic. Anyone who knows me, and if you, of course, if you've ever read any of my movie reviews or ever listened to any of my, my movie review podcasts, you'll know that I'm very picky. I am very picky when it comes to visuals in movies. While I am more forgiving if it's a smaller budget movie, movies with big budgets don't have any excuse. And luckily for Arrival, they did a really good job. Even in the really CG heavy parts later on in the movie, which I can't tell you about because of spoilers, even in those parts, it looked really good. See, what can I tell you about? Oh yeah, anything in the trailer. So there's that part, if you've seen in the trailer, where they're raising up to the spaceship and then they jump and then suddenly gravity changes and they're walking up the wall. That was really well done. I bet you that was a mix of practical and visuals, but it was presented so well that I didn't even question it. And it looked impressive. Another one of the things the movie did much better than the book was a was give us a sense of urgency. Never once in the book did I feel like, oh no, they better hurry up and get it done. But they did that well in the movie. And it was for entirely logical reasons too. So that if Shang had written a longer story and embellished more and added stuff, this could have plausibly been added to it. So I really really have to hand it to Eric Heiser. I think that's how you say it. Who's the writer of this movie. He wrote uh, Lights Out. He wrote the 2011 version of The Thing. He wrote Final Destination 5 and the 2010 version of Nightmare on Elm Street. Not great movies. 
by by any stretch of the word. They weren't terrible, though some not a lot of people like the new Nightmare on Elm Street. Some did, some didn't. Final Destination Five, another up in the air thing, but whatever. They're not. They weren't terrible movies. But this, I think, was his best work yet because he took an already existing story and then he just added on to it so seamless that I didn't even notice and I read the story. Okay, that kind of makes me sound bad though. I did notice, but only after I thought about it. It didn't just jump out at me. It goes, oh wait, that wasn't in the book. I had to think about it and go, wait, what did they do that in the book? Did Jeremy Winter shoot a guy in the face with an arrow? I don't remember that. Okay, that didn't happen, but just an example, mind you. Normally, this is very dangerous ground where Hollywood historically makes terrible decisions that when they take a pre-existing story and they want to change it for the theater for one reason or the other, it usually works out pretty bad where the changes are obvious and the story as a whole loses its charm. But with this one, okay, I'm not sure if it was all the writer, if it was all Eric Heiser or not, but whoever the powers that be that all came together to make this work, it worked out. But the question is, the question that's really left is that, is it worth the 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes? Most of you know, if you've ever listened to me before, how I feel about Rotten Tomatoes. They are a group of morons whose taste in movies are so bad that I'm surprised the Twilight series isn't up there in their upper echelons of great movies. I am honestly surprised. But like they say, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. So did they get this one right? Kind of. This movie does deserve their certified fresh rating, but it wasn't great. There were far, far better movies this year. But that doesn't mean this was bad by any shot. I sat through Arrival and I was glued to the screen the whole time. I never once thought that, oh, I'm out of a drink. Maybe I should go refill my soda. That didn't even occur to me because I'm like, no, I will miss some of the movie and I don't want to miss a minute of this. It was really good. Captured my attention and made me care about these characters that were just everyday people working in extraordinary circumstances and I really enjoyed it. It was still not a perfect movie, but it was much better than a lot of stuff that came out this year. I know this review was late, but I really wanted to come into it with a fresh perspective on the short story, so I reread it, which unfortunately took longer than I thought. But now here we are, the movie's still in theaters, the crowds aren't going to be as big because we have Fantastic Beasts out, so that means there's no better time to see it than now, and I do recommend you see this. If you saw the trailer and it even interests you a little bit, then this is worth your time. If you watch a trailer again and you think that this is not the movie for you then i recommend you still watch it you still give it a shot but then you just wait for streaming wait for video wait for what have you but give it a shot so no matter what your views on this are give it a shot it's gonna be worth it it's gonna be enjoyable but it won't be the hundred percent movie you're looking for arrival was enjoyable from start to finish but it lacked that special something to push it over the top so this movie gets a 10 out of 11 Well, my friends, that was another movie review, and I have more to come. But for now, let's end this, and hopefully I'll get the next ones out quickly, because I have been sick, if you couldn't tell by the slightly raspier voice. But I am feeling better, and I am back to work. So let's finish up this housekeeping, and then there'll be a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. So you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. Need to reach me? Leave a comment for me on Somewhat Nerdy. Or the Facebook page, leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm Billiam S W N. That's B I L L I A M S W N. 
You can also email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and the Nerds of the Square Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also, check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast that our very own Critter is a member of and is hilarious. And don't forget to check the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And last, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.